When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Falafel? I'm Mike Tatsami. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Quack Deck Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks Podcast. Uh, last pod of the year here. So, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for making this another great year. We had a lot of fun. Uh, it it started relatively early with the Turkey Leg Challenge. Uh, went through the whole trivia contest. And uh, now here we are at the end of the year. As I said with our last pod, and as per tradition of the last pod, it is the quack question of the year. So A very high honor. Yes, yes. So this is going to be our third quack question of the year. Uh, at Joycing61 won the first one. At Jared Beasley won last year. Uh, so what's basically what's going to happen is we had 32 quack questions this year, which is probably down from usual be- just because we had trivia. But we, uh, so that's going to be, that's narrowed down to about five here. And these are all solely chosen by me. So any complaints, Mike at the com, you can send them there. And you guys are going to do, you're going to go to the website. You're going to the com if you are not aware. And there's going to be a poll up on this episode. All you really have to do is choose which quack question you thought was the best uh, that best represented the Quackalites and the Quack Attack, and the winner of the poll is going to uh, come on the pod at some point early next year. And we will be monitoring for fraud. Yes, yes, we have a very um, high tech security team here. So, just want to say thank you. For listening again. Big shout out to all of our all of our quackalites out there. Yes, yes. Uh anything else you guys want to say before we get into it? Um I just want to say thank you to everybody that uh that puts up with our craziness. Um mostly my craziness, I guess. Um thank you for every, to everyone who bought merch this year. Um it, it was a banner year for the store, um, helping us kind of keep the lights on here. So that is much appreciated. Um, I don't know if there's probably not time to get anything before Christmas, but, you know, maybe get a New Year's gift for somebody, you know, help them kick off the New Year mm-hmm. right. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for that and looking forward to doing this hopefully for another for quite a while. Um, and uh, oh, oh, I do want to give I, I don't think we've talked about this. I don't think we've had a chance. I, I want to give a big congratulations to Mike for getting engaged. Oh, yeah, um, thank you. We haven't had the chance to talk about that. Mike got engaged uh, two, week in, two weeks ago, one week? Yeah, November 28th, so yeah, a to, couple uh, weeks ago. To his, his uh, 
soon-to-be bride Mallory, um, who uh, better be an avid Quack, quack Attack listener. Um, she puts up with it. She's not <laughs> against it, but she's not the biggest fan. But she's she's heard many an episode of me just sitting there editing it. So uh, she's at least a tacit supporter. All right. Well, uh, big uh, hearty uh, Quack Attack congratulations to you there. And uh, Thank you. I just uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah. Um, all that good stuff to all of our very diverse listeners out there uh, from all over the world. So thanks for supporting us. Tommy, anything you want to say here before we get going? Well, it was well put by Kevin. I do want to say that Kevin and I were there the night that Mike and Mallory met. So, oh, yes, uh, the, that is the, true. Uh, that is very it. true. Yeah. Uh, and our friend if John. We there, I'd, I'd argue that they never would have met. That's true. Our friend yeah, John like opened Kevin up the conversation with them. Well, I mean, I opened up the conversation. No, no. Remember, John, John went up and pulled them about uh, who I leaned over and pulled them. He started. He did start the question, but I leaned over. All right. We might have to get a judge's ruling on that one. (laughs) John, obviously, if you're familiar, he was our cameraman. He also made a brief appearance in the in the turkey leg challenge. Uh, Sorry for interrupting there, Tommy. Oh, no, no, it's fine. I think we do need to revisit it because I think there's a lot of like uh butterfly effect moments of that night that you guys never would have met if there weren't uh, several things that happened that night. That is true. Uh, was that the night we'll, you almost got we'll in a fight? The- you- I broke up a fight. Oh, uh, yeah, you broke up a fight. I uh, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, it's a long story. I'll, I may tell that same street one time. Somebody similarly broke up a fight and ended up getting shot. That is true, in like the two butt, years later. Right? You got shot in the butt. I don't remember where he got shot, but yeah. Yeah. All right, sorry, sorry. Tommy, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll stop interrupting you. <laughs> you're on a uh, delay all I'll say is, uh, you know i had a lot of fun with uh our, our trivia this year it was it was nice getting to know some of our fans and i look forward to doing that again <laughs> I, I, I look forward to mike coming up with those questions again i i do have uh i do have 16 questions i was just gonna put them in the show notes but maybe. i i opted to uh i opted to save them so maybe we can do something with those 16 questions i don't know what but uh, yeah, we can, might be able to do something. Maybe it's not trivia. Maybe it's some. I don't know. We'll figure out something. Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple ideas for for 2018. So tune it. Stay tuned in. Stay listening. Uh, thanks again. Here are the five nominees for Quack Question of the Year. The next one comes from Zach Growinkle. Says, "Hey guys." Backstory. Tibbles is a marketing genius. While out in LA, he heard the story about two young orphans leading the Angels to the pennant. He thought he could profit from that, so he had the championship hockey team hockey game moved to Anaheim where the Angels played to better accommodate Roger and PJ getting to the game. Uh, he knew that they were there so he could sell more tickets and some merchandise after he hooked them up with their official Hendrix hockey apparel. Question. Did Roger see an angel with Julie the Cat? And that's the real reason Bombay put her in goal to stop Gunner. Okay, so this is um very, kind of well thought out question. Yeah, very well thought. Combining some different um I guess documentaries. Documentaries. Yeah. Angels in the Outfield, which features Academy Award winner Adrian Brody and Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey. And Academy Award winner Dennis Glover. It's Danny and Glover. Danny Glover. <laughs> you said Dennis Glover. Dennis, Who's Dennis, Dennis Glover? Glover. <laughs> 
Danny Glover's <laughs> less successful brother. Uh, and I think he's just a nominee. I don't think Danny Glover ever won I, one. No, I, I know. But also, so Tony Danza was in it. Oh, Tony Danza was in it too, yeah. Was that, um, um was the kid Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's a great yeah. cast. Yeah. Great cast, great film. So, yeah, so. And the, um, the like, foster mother was the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2. Oh, wow. That's a good <laughs> That's Actually, right. I think she was actually nominated or maybe won an Oscar for um, My Left Foot, which was with a um, it's a Daniel Day-Lewis movie. She played Daniel Day-Lewis's mother, mm. I think. Someone's going to have to look that up. That's a good poll. That's a good poll. Wait, she played the role of Daniel Day-Lewis's mother? Yeah, in a movie. She was the... I mean, not like your character is <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis's mother. So yeah, Angels in the Outfield, of course. Angels is, in the uh, Outfield. Obviously, the big thing in Angels in the Outfield is this kid can see actual angels helping the Anaheim, at that time, Angels baseball team. And every time he does it, he like flaps his arms. Uh, so, I mean, this is a good sort of crossover. It comes out around the same time. I would be, I'm going to have to look up when Angels in the Outfield came out. Uh, but it would make sense that they moved to Anaheim. And then... That's why the game was moved. Obviously, there's a new arena there, but maybe Tibbles knows this already. Maybe that Tibbles was part of getting that arena there because he wanted the Angels because he needed Team USA. Now, I think the question I would have is who sees the Angel? Because we never see any kid come down and tell Bombay. Does Bombay see the Angels himself? Well, hold on. There's some rules with the Angels. Um, first, an Angels in the outfield. Um, the whole reason the Angels come in, Christopher Lloyd's the lead Angel, or or whatever. Real quick, Angels outfield, 1994. Okay. So exact same time of D2. Oh, exact same time. So the rule is, like, well, first, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he asked if, like, God could help the Angels win a little bit, because Joseph Gordon-Levitt's dad said, like, kind of, not sarcastically, but when Joseph Gordon-Levitt said, hey, when are going to be a family getting? He said, oh, when the Angels win the pennant. The Angels being the last place team, it's kind of like, hey, that's never going to happen. Is yeah, that dismissively. Big? Yeah. So basically, when hell freezes over. And Brenda Fricker won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in My Left Foot. She did play Daniel Day-Lewis's mother, Tommy Spot. All right. Armin. Armin's good. Armin's like a research department at this point. <laughs> the, uh, and so the rule, though, is um, the Angels help, but they can't help in championship games. Oh. It can, that, like, that's the worst rule because you would just get destroyed in a championship game. <laughs> no, the championship game, they, they end up winning, though. Wait, but remember, but Roger. They believed in themselves. Roger does the thing. And so, was this at the same time as. Uh, I'm trying to think of when. Um, what is it called? With Kadeem Hardison and uh, Marlon Waynes. Oh, the uh, sixth man? Sixth man. Oh. Is this around the same time? <laughs> sixth man. His brother man. dies. Okay. And it up. becomes an angel. And there's a similar situation where he stops being an angel and then they just get the shit kicked out of him until they overcome adversity and then win the game. Sorry for the spoilers, but a lot of angels Sixth man came out in Sixth Man came out in nineteen ninety seven. So this is a lot okay. this is a little before. Okay. Back to the original question, I guess. So I it would be it would be a violation of the rules. Do we think that there were angels helping District Five win, make their run through the playoffs all along? Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I would think, you would think that before they got Banks, or even in that Huskies game when they have Banks, like that kid's got a wide open net. He could have shot it, and like Fulton does come back and like checks him, but that kid had a breakaway. He should have been gone. So maybe there was like an angel pushing that kid back so Fulton could get him, and then that saves it. Well, and also, uh, I guess this would predate this, but whenever Banks gets shoved, 
Maybe an angel protected him as well. Mm. Yeah, maybe he was going to die and he just broke his collarbone. Oh, yeah. So there's like little hints that just one little one inch the other way. Exactly. And it, the angels saved it. Yeah. Do you so, think the, well, I guess the angels don't help in championship games, so he couldn't have deflected the puck in. But So, yeah, if, if, um, if the angels are sticking to the rule we don't help in championship games... Then he's not the one who tells Bombay to like, or like whispers, hey, you should put Bombay in, or put uh, Julie the Cat in. Unless maybe they came up with that rule after they did that because they realized this is kind of cheating. Yeah, or maybe there's some sort of loophole that if it goes to like overtime or something, like it's oh, beyond yeah. the championship game. Did the uh, did Angels in the outfield the final game go to extra innings? Bill Beard says Bombay's dead. He's the angel. I was gonna. Oh, I was gonna say who would be the, maybe the angel dies in D two. Wait, can I like, throw this right out at there? The end? Can I throw this out there? Maybe Russ isn't alive, and he's the angel. Or maybe right? the angel is he kind of comes out of nowhere. You know, Bombay's dad is the angel that no one can see, and he's talking to Bombay. Oh, so he's yeah. That would make sense because you know it's very it's been established that Bombay's dad died. And it's been established they had like a good relationship. So if anybody from above was to come down and help Bombay, even after he was a dick for all those years, it'd be his father. When you when you become an angel, do you get older, or do you stay the same age at which you became an angel? I feel like you go to your peak age. Your peak oh, age. so you can right. go reverse. God's like when Michael Jordan dies. No, I think. I mean, <laughs> I mean he's gonna be he's gonna wreck heaven. You know? <laughs> Armin writes in, sorry. Armin, yeah, Armin writes in. Mel Clark pitched a full nine innings to get the win. He threw 160 pitches. Mel Clark, shout out. Tony Danza. And uh, I think we're already getting a little, little restlessness. Lisa Uber writes in to ask, how many hours does Kevin get to eat all this? <laughs> That's a good point. Kevin, can you give us an update here? Like, uh, this first one looks like it's clean. Yeah. Is, so are we, are we declaring that this first one is done? Hold it up for the camera. There's still a little bit of skin there on the bottom. Oh, man. The skin is tough, man. I think I, think I would declare that done. Okay, I this would, one is... There's one. So I think we've answered this question. Did Roger see an angel with Julie the Cat? And that's the real reason Bob Brother and Gold Stop Gunner. I think what it was is there were there were angels throughout the series, but not in the championship game. So that was just Bombay's gut feeling. We've talked about this before. Very risky gut feeling. But that was just Bombay's gut feeling to put Julie in. Uh, this week's crack question comes via email from at, uh, Alton. Um, and uh, the crack question is uh, kind of a multi-part one here. Um, whatever happened to Terry the cocktail waitress in D2? Did she ever become head of production for a major studio? How low did she go in order to make it in Hollywood? And what are the chances that she went home with the Minnesota Miracle Man that night? Oh, <laughs> bringing the heat. Love it. This are three good questions here. Um, I'm gonna go in reverse order. So, Gordon Bombay at that point he's feeling good about himself. His team hasn't lost yet. I don't believe like he's Tibbles is still schmoozing him and that kind of stuff. Um, the only question I would have is maybe he got too distracted talking about the Air Bombay loafer and that kind of stuff. And he was starstruck. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe he got distracted by all that kind of stuff and, and didn't go back. But I would think there's a high percentage chance that, that something happened there. At least Gordon made a pass. And who knows if, if the cocktail waitress was picking it up or not. Well, and also, I mean, he, 
basically Gordon is is the reason everybody's there, right? Yeah. So I mean, he's the star attraction. So I mean, I would imagine that would you know greatly improve his chances there. Um, and and you know as we've talked about this many times, Gordon being Gordon, um, I definitely think he he you know he definitely goes for it. Um, and uh, and uh, the, the question is because he's already home, is he not? Isn't Gordon. He, yeah, isn't that at his place? I mean, I maybe like I don't think that's a hundred percent clear. I I always assumed it was somewhere else, but maybe it's at Gordon's place. If it's at Gordon's place, I, I think that's a huge step up there. That's like that's like yeah. makes it much easier there for Gordon. Yeah, that's just like you know a, you know a quick trip, you know you know yeah. in and out <laughs> that that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So I, if it's at his place, I think that's a yes. If not, I'm gonna say no. What do you say? Um, I no, I I think I think it's I think it's kind of a done deal either way. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, so the second question here was how low does the cocktail waitress <laughs> go to to get her name in, into the Hollywood circles? Um, if she's working at this this party as a waitress. I figure, I guess a lot of actors do. Maybe we need to have an actor on to really talk about this. But I, you know, actresses or actors, actresses. I feel like waiting, waitressing, wait, waiting is waiting tables, is a common job. But if she's at this sort of swanky party, and it, it, it seems like she's trying real hard. Like Tibbles has to push her a little bit, but. She offers up like what her dream job is. I think she's willing to go pretty far here. Yeah, I mean, I this obviously has some some other connotations to it, but um, I, I I don't know. I feel like she's she's already running in a lot of the right circles, maybe. So maybe she doesn't really have to. Um, I mean, I, I would imagine an event like this is pretty. You know, everybody that's in her position is kind of you know, jockeying for it um, to be around all these kind of mm. mega stars. Um, so I, maybe she just doesn't have to. Maybe she's maybe she's already pretty close um, to kind of getting there. Maybe she does need somebody there that kind of spurs that along. Interesting. So do, do you think she makes it then to head of production at a major studio? I'll say she she makes it as like. Uh, like maybe like the head of production. I, I don't really know if these really like, I don't know. She does like production for like, like a, a middling studio. Oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think she ever like makes it to the pinnacle, but I think she like has a fairly successful career making like, you know, okay movies. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think she, yeah, I think she makes it, she doesn't make it all the way. But she makes it to a point where she feels like satisfied with it. Like she came, she's come to terms with it. Yeah, whether it's head of production at that major or the middling studio or like, like the number like three at a major studio or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So she's just sort of caught in the middle, but she like, she kind of made it, but she didn't make it all the way. I like that. Uh, anything else on this waitress here? No, I mean, I think, 
I think she's, you know, at the time she's kind of doing all the right things that she needs to be doing for, you know, to get where she wants to go. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's like a, like a, uh, a bad thing, you know, where she, where she ends up, but, uh, you know, I think she had a pretty successful career after, after, uh, you know, hooking up with Gordon Bombay. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe he also opened some doors for, maybe he sells the movie rights to his story to her oh to her yeah well that would be a good uh that'd be i feel like that's a winning exchange for her uh yeah. i mean it's kind of seedy but things happen in hollywood i guess uh yeah yeah i like that so gordon gordon really becomes a key figure here just because of this this sort of one night stand or does he date her do you think uh, I don't think he did. I don't think he's really like dating anybody at that. Yeah, point. I agree. So yeah, and then he eventually sells the rights to her for his story, which is a good story, obviously. Um, we all watch it, like well, I don't know, twenty five years later now. This one comes from. Uh, did we do totally offside last week? no okay we did we did beatberg 19 oh that's right okay so this one comes from uh i just don't like doing two in a row you know yeah um so this one comes from totally offside who is at totally offside on twitter um question is would any of the ducks lives have been better off if they had never met bombay if so which ones Mm, interesting i feel like we could do an entire show on this we could we could definitely i feel uh, like we could at least kind of curse cursory answer to this one was it just ducks or just characters ducks okay because you could argue that like charlie's mom maybe yeah yeah i think i mean so charlie i the thing the thing with all well i guess most of the ducks is largely because of bombay they get into this like elite prep school so that kind of any argument you want to make there for those ducks, it's like, well, they do get this opportunity at a very good education and a chance to go to college, a better chance to go to college than maybe they would have. But um, not all of them. Yeah, not all of them make it there. So I mean, you look at you look at guy like maybe Carp or Peter Mark. I was thinking maybe Peter Mark because we argue that he gets like mixed up in the in Hans's drug game and maybe he doesn't. Meet Hans, if not for Bombay. I'll say Tammy Duncan. Because she had an opportunity to maybe be like an Olympic figure skater. But mm. she meets Bombay. Yeah. And then she just is like an, a mediocre hockey, play, hockey player. Like nothing really. I guess she goes. Does she go to? Uh, no. No. She doesn't go to the Junior Goodwill Games. Yeah. So maybe her. I don't know. Maybe maybe that took her far enough off the path that she was mm-hmm. on. Yeah, but, maybe maybe Tommy and Tammy Duncan in general, because we've. I don't think Tommy was headed well, anywhere though. Well, we've argued that he. Um, that extra, that's, I that guess Tammy, I'm keeping that separate from yeah, this also. Which it's now canon that uh, that Tammy dies <laughs> and, and Tommy goes into witness protection. But if we're ignoring that, um, yeah, Tommy didn't seem to really be going anywhere. And plus, you could make the argument that Bombay killed Tammy in that scenario. Yeah, no, perhaps. So I think Tammy in all all scenarios, you can probably argue. Yeah, that's good because. At least from what we see of Tammy, she is pretty good at figure skating for being like 12 years old or whatever she is in that initial scene when they're like, who's that? So, yeah, this this sort of derails her career. Uh, there's a rift between Tommy and Tammy, at least a little one. I'm not sure if that expands further. They are like siblings, so 
who knows? But Tammy would be probably the biggest one there. Uh, really sort of distracts her from maybe what she was actually meant to do. And really, for Bombay, it's just all in the name of trying to win a few peewee games at that point. Like, he doesn't know anything else. So, uh, there's your answer, Ta- or Tammy Duncan. And to a lesser extent, we could say Tommy. Um, Duncan family, Duncan. really. Tommy yeah, Duncan, the Duncan Tommy, family. Tommy. There you go. The, our second question comes from uh, our friend Bobby Lemaire, who's at Air Lemaire on Twitter. Uh, and his question is, did you know you struck gold after coming up with the song for Han's funeral? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't really know that. I didn't, um, you know, I, I just tried to treat that scene with the respect that it deserved. You know, I, I tried to write something that would be, that would have some heart and soul to it and that would, you know, I tried to dig down and figure, and feel how I feel, how I've felt when I've lost a mentor or how I would feel if I'd lost that mentor and what that would mean to me and try and pull something out that would be honest uh, emotionally about that, about that situation. I've been to enough funerals now to have some inkling of what, you know, what that, what grief feels like. And so I wanted to, but it wasn't a, a grief without any hopefulness because he left a great legacy and, and so I wanted to be grief that was tinged with some sense of, of hope as well, or, of, or at least of of the um, of grief mixed with gratefulness for the kind of man that he was and the legacy that he left. Well, bravo, because it is a fantastic scene. <laughs> no, well, thank you. This is a very special quack question, um, because the asker. It is also her birthday today. Oh, um, this is a friend of friend of the show, uh, Leia, in, uh, in Leia in Adelaide, uh, <laughs> Australia. Um, uh, she's thirty today, I believe. Uh, so shout out, happy birthday, happy birthday, Leia. Um, uh, her question uh, asked a while ago is kind of a callback to uh, one of our previous episodes um, within the last few weeks. Um, where did Portman and Fulton get the money to go on a shopping spree in D2? I thought they were poor. Okay. I thought they were both poor. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting uh, deal. So I'm assuming she's referring to when they blow curfew here and they're out at that point. Is that what she's talking about? Uh, no, char- whenever they skip school. Oh, right? Isn't Fulton that- and Charlie. Sorry, hang on. Let me. Oh, Portman and Fulton. To Port- go on a shopping spree. In D2. Yeah, so I guess that's the D2. Okay. Yeah, I is- have a theory. Okay, Tommy, go ahead. Uh, and I think it's unfortunately kind of simple. I think they, just, they get like a per diem. Yeah. And maybe like for, and they just kind of use it on that and instead of like going out to a restaurant like they were supposed to. They were just like, okay, let's just go get some Taco Bell for $4 and then spend the rest on, you know, you know useless crap. Yes, I, I I think they would they would probably be the two top candidates or two of the top candidates to be very irresponsible with their per diem money too. Like this would be a scenario like my brother. We used to go to we used to go to Jersey every summer, mm-hmm. and my mom would give us like a couple hundred bucks because we'd be there for like four weeks or whatever to be with family. And without fail, my brother always would spend it like day one, and then I would be his bank for the rest of the trip. Um, so I think they would be kind of similar where they would just like blow through all their money. Yes. I the my first thought was the per diem angle as well. I think 
Portman in particular might be able to um, supplement it by either stealing other kids per diems, whether on the team yeah. or like opposing teams per diem. <laughs> that would be bold. Like, That'd be like, that's like international incident bold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming they're all like staying in the same dorms and whatnot, like similar to some sort of a Olympic village here. So, uh, yeah. So I think it would be possible that Portman uh, living through maybe and maybe it's Fulton as well. Maybe on the streets, Fulton has learned how to pick locks and do things like that. And Portman is just the type of bad influence to uh, have those. Oh, you know what I think might happen? Okay. Is I bet you Portman is like inconspicuously like taking gear from his teammates, like minor gear, and then selling that. Like, who wants this like official Team USA like gloves? And then Averman's like, hey, where are my you know hockey gloves? And you know Portman's just over there counting his money. Oh, that's that is really good as well. So a lot of different angles for Portman and Fulton to make money here. Yeah, I think. Portman in particular is the one who is out there spending the most money, doing the most. I think Fulton just sort of uh, follows along here. But it is an interesting question we haven't really brought up, and uh, I'm glad we were able to sort of find an answer here. Any any other thoughts on this per diem angle and, and shopping spree that Fulton and Portman do go on? No, I think that's I think that's a pretty good explanation. All right, there you go. There are your five nominees. As I said, go to thequackdeck.com. There's a poll in the show notes of this episode. Vote for your favorite to uh, get somebody on the air. We've had a lot of quack lights on the air this year, but uh, they'll have their whole episode, and they'll get to answer their own quack question So for whoever wins. So stay voting. Voting will end, we'll say, a week. We'll, should we leave it open a week, two weeks? Maybe till the next episode. Yeah, okay. So that would be would that be two weeks? That would be a week. Okay. Yeah. So we'll leave it open a week. That would be January third. And uh thanks again. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack quack. <laughs>